This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by the Cougar 9000 wheelchair. It's the Rolls Royce of wheelchairs. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at this thirsty. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. This podcast is making me thirsty. Join our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Seinfeld podcast. Bonus episodes up there. Our first 16 episodes are up there. All kinds of good stuff. Join now, folks. Go to our website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. Our rankings are there. All of our episodes are there. Lots of good stuff. Email us at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. If you dig it, please pass it on. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode number 144. You know, today's guest as the voice of Dee Dee Hill and Nancy Gribble in King of the Hill. You've seen her in Six Feet Under, Spin City, ER, The Drew Carey Show, The Larry Sanders Show. And of course, she played Marion in the season three episode of Seinfeld, The Library. Please welcome Ashley Gardner. Ashley, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Ashley, let's let's be honest. I mean, Seinfeld is not Seinfeld without this episode. So <laughs> take take us back. It's almost been 31 years to the day, believe it or yeah. not. It was, you know, October uh, of 91. Mm-hmm. So and you were a young actress at that point. Um, Seinfeld was just kicking off. Tell us a little bit about how the role came about. Was there an audition process? And if so, you know, who was it in front of? We'd love to kind of hear how you became Marion. <laughs> um well, I had just moved here recently from New York, um, where I lived for after I graduated from college for um, eight years. And so I wasn't very familiar with, you know, casting directors, but I, but I had an agent, of course. And um, that agent was getting me around and I got the sides for this. And I remember reading it and thinking, Ugh. I'm going to be terrible. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to pass. I'm going to be terrible at this. And my husband at the time um, read it with me. And and I was like, I'm not going in because you see what I'm saying, right? And he's like, no, you're going in. You're going in. (laughs) You're not (laughs) not going in. I was like, all right, whatever. Chance to meet a casting director um, who was Mark Mark Hirschberg. Hirschfeld, yeah. Mark Hirschfeld. Hirschfeld, yeah. Um, who's a lovely, lovely man, even though I couldn't remember his last name. Um, and so he he brought me in and it was just, you know, he and I in the in the room and I read and and he, you know, kind of shook his head and he goes, Can you come back later this afternoon? I was like, sure. And so I came back later that, that afternoon and there was Jerry and and all the producers and um I read and walked out and when I got home, I I already had the role. So it was pretty quick. Wow. Yeah, that's great. We've heard that, that uh, especially early on, they were they were cast in uh, very quickly. It was like a yeah. day or you know, a day later, you're on set. 
Um, yeah, and this is episode like 22, th- early third season. Um, you know, we were already fans of the show, but but it hadn't, I wouldn't say, taken off yet uh, with America quite yet that early it was on. This se- it was that season that it started, started yes. to really take off. Yes, yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, you know, Larry Charles wrote this episode, though, which is, you know, always we're always a uh, you know fan favorite of his. Um, but we noticed, too, that um, the director was... was uh, this guy, Joshua White, which was odd because usually Tom Sharon's directed most of the first five seasons. Um, but we were curious between Larry Charles writing it and Larry David, you know, being the, the main showrunner. And then this director, you know, Joshua White, whom we haven't heard much about because he hasn't directed any other Seinfeld episodes. Um, really? I'm just wondering <clears throat> what you remembered about like on set, like who was your main, who was mainly giving direction, who was mainly kind of running the show, if you will, uh, who are you interacting with the most? There was Larry Charles, Larry David, maybe jerry it was larry david um mostly i honestly don't remember much about the director i don't know why that would that be, makes but, sense yeah i think he, he might have just went by the way so. larry david and larry charles were very you know they were very involved and and um and gave most of the notes that you know we got from the network or whatever so yeah that's i remember him quite well so, and I'm just thinking back to to that audition, right? You said you just moved to LA, Mark Hirschfeld, so nice. And then you're in a room. Again, the show didn't take off yet, per se, right? So mm-hmm. Jerry wasn't Jerry, Larry David wasn't Larry. Like, what like what do you remember about and I guess was the audition similar to the exact kind of script we saw on the show? Or what do you remember about or who you were interacting with during that that audition? And and were you nervous? I wasn't nervous, which is odd for me. Um, the, I'm sorry, what was the other part of the question? Uh, yeah, just what, what, what do you remember, remember, what like, I remember about them? Yeah, like Jerry, you know, they weren't, you know, the stars they are today, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm curious kind of what your kind of <clears throat> it kind of was. Obviously, you've been a young actress in the business, but just kind of overall. Yeah, I knew the, you know, I I knew of the show. I had watched it a couple of times because I think that its first season was really like a half season. Um, it it wasn't it a mid season replacement that first year. Yeah, I kind of remember that, and and I think I watched some episodes in that first season, and then probably I caught a, a couple of others. I thought it was funny, but like you said, it was not Seinfeld yet. Um, and I feel, you know, very lucky to have gotten cast um, before it became Seinfeld, <laughs> actually, because everybody was super down to earth. And I'm sure they stayed super down to earth. I, I don't know anything uh, other than that. Um, but they were, you know, it was relaxed. It was. I remember um, during one of the um, run throughs for the execs that <laughs> this this old, you know, like Jewish guy from New York, just classic you're talking to Jerry and, and he goes, listen, we our ratings aren't good, but we're a hit with the critics. We could run forever. <laughs> I guess. But that was back in the day when they let they let a show build and right. the ratings weren't that good. I mean, they weren't tanking or anything, but I don't it it didn't it was not the juggernaut that it you know went on to be at that time. Um, yeah. 
That's true. Um, I, I'm wondering if that was George Shapiro, perhaps the uh, the character that you that you were describing there, Jerry's uh, manager, <laughs> one of the producers. But um, yeah, and and we we consider season three up there with with the best seasons of the show. You know, it's three and five. It's pretty much a toss up. I mean, and in large part due to to, to your episode and your role. Um, and of course, we'd be remiss. I mean, uh, you know, Philip Baker Hall as Bookman oh. is one of you know the most talked about guest stars in any show, let alone oh, yeah. uh, you know Seinfeld. And you know, we we lost him, uh, you know, uh, yeah. pretty recently. But um, just talk about like you know, I'm I'm sure. Uh, I mean, maybe I should ask, but were you on set during the kind of that whole week of taping and kind of seeing all of those different scenes, the ones you weren't in, even with with mm -hmm. Philip Baker Hall, and maybe uh, talk to you know what that was sort of like watching him with with Jerry with those lines and just delivering uh you know one of the best scenes in tv history and he does come out with you too as well with kramer in the uh mm -hmm. in the yeah. library hello, hello. <laughs> right um so yeah just kind of working with him and and and, and those kind of um kind of iconic scenes um is there anything you remember there yeah um with the sitcom you're there pretty much you know your days start out really short and then they build 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 but you don't you, you know, you, if someone's on, on the stage, you know, rehearsing, you don't go home. You just go to your dressing room and wait your turn to come back down. So yeah, I saw all that going on. Um, he was delightful. It, it literally revived his career. He had a good career, but you know, he was getting older and things weren't coming to him like they used to. And this just absolutely skyrocketed him. <laughs> it's amazing to see. Um, yeah, he was really sweet and um, easy to work with. And um, from what I could see, like we only had that little bit at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I, it's so funny because I, looking back on it 30 years ago, I thought he was ancient. I thought he was like 85 years old. To me, that's how old he seemed. And he couldn't have been. I mean, he must have been in his 50s, maybe, you know, <laughs> but he just had that old guy look to him. I guess. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Mr. Miyagi, right? The guy, uh, Ralph Macchio is older than Mr. Miyagi is now, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it because the way they portrayed people in the 90s was... Uh, yeah, it's uh, very different. So, yeah, I mean, Philip Baker, what a, what a, what a just an incredible episode. Like, like we said, it was, didn't take off yet. It was um, a smaller show at that point, and even the guest stars, it was pretty much you and Philip Baker Hall, right, for the most part. Yeah, that, um, was, that was when they were, um, they were, I feel like the show eventually stopped giving such good uh, guest star roles. Like they, the, the roles became small. From what I could see, the roles became sort of smaller. Like I, I was early days where you got a good, pretty good guest star. If you got a guest star role, it was a pretty good role. Um, it was integral to the, to the, to the plot. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, we we agree, especially in those yeah. early years. We, we've we've touched on a lot. The um, you know, all the, the of the big four, they love they, they they let the guest stars shine, and that's kind of kind of why the show had such success. So, but let's start with that first scene, right in the in the library. You're sitting there stamping away, right on the uh, on those books, and then Jerry and Kramer kind of just staring at you and having their you know mundane mm -hmm. conversation and obviously you know she she needs a little kramer um and then that that kind of famous line that he gets your attention you know what what's a what's a guy got to do around here to get a library card and and then kind of that that chemistry is formed and you give him that look 
you know, we've had we've heard so many great things about Michael Richards, you know, from his just his preparation to um, his kindness on the show. Yeah, obviously, you guys, you worked with him the most, I gather, on on that episode. Would love to hear a little bit about um, your thoughts on Michael Richards and kind of that chemistry you guys did have. Yeah, I mean, we it was pretty obvious, like right off the bat that we clicked. Um, which was good because I don't remember him being in the audition. He wasn't in the audition. So, you know, I mean, I could have gotten on set and it might not have worked, but with sitcoms, it's not, you know, it's, you're you're not likely going to lose a, a job over slight chem- slight loss of chemistry, but <laughs> um, back then especially. Uh, but we we did. We definitely clicked. And um, he we, you know, became very friendly and and um, talked a lot. And he was just he was. Yeah, he was incredibly generous. And it was my first television job. So, you know, he he was, um, you know, caretaking me somewhat in terms of like you need to speak up or you <laughs> just little, whatever little things that I was confused about because I had done a lot of theater and, and um uh, obviously sitcom is very close to theater because you're in front of a live audience, but there's a lot of differences too. Um, so yeah, he was, he was adorable and sweet and cuddly, even though he's like 18 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you mentioned it was your first TV show. Um, I, I'm, I'm always curious about like, we hear so much about how, Seinfeld, especially then season three, how they they weren't really, you know, your your typical sitcom set, right? They didn't come from that world. They kind of just that's why it's such a great show. It's so much different mm-hmm. than anything anyone's seen before, right? It, it came out of nowhere with, with yeah. Larry David and Larry Charles and, and Jerry and Melman. I mean, these guys were not sitcom people, right? Um, but then your career, you know, you went out to do so many shows and so many hit you know, hit sitcoms, uh, especially you know, Spin City, all these shows that were just like juggernauts, just shoot me and you um you know, what, what did you kind of looking back kind of take from, you know, seeing how they worked on, on the Seinfeld set compared to some of the other sets without without, you know, going into too much mm-hmm. about looking yeah. for dirt. I'm just, you know, differences and just kind of what you learned yeah. and how they operated. Well, you know, I'll, versus- I'll, well, one thing I took away from it was um, as I as my career progressed and um, I got more and more jobs and, you know, that I, I was doing episodic as well. But um, for sitcom, especially. Um, I was so lucky as that to have that as my first experience because it was laid back and there wasn't, you know, the executives came, but it was like that guy I explained who was just like, they didn't get in the way <laughs> later on. I, you know, just experience after experience and it got worse and worse and worse as the executives would show up and try to throw their muscle around or give their opinion and, and, you start seeing everything done by committee and how it's a terrible idea. You need to have one person kind of in charge, or in this case, you know, like on Seinfeld, it was Larry and Larry. Um, And, and of course, um, uh, Jerry, but it it can't, you know, if so many people are are like, well, I don't like the way she said that, or I do like it just, everything gets watered down. So I, so I had that really good experience of um, knowing what it could be like. And it wasn't like I didn't have that on other sitcoms. I, I did, but I would say a lot of them were fraught with um, incredible anxiety from everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's the kind of the way of the world as network television got bigger and bigger and, you know, money got involved and the pressures. Now, we've heard from a lot of, you know, guest stars, um, for good or bad, they got typecasts. I'm just curious. I don't I don't think you ever played a librarian again, did you? I did. You I'm did? Some, some vague show where I was <laughs> <laughs> a librarian who specialized in angels or something. I don't, I don't remember what that was even called. Um, it wasn't wow. very good. You don't even know about I, it. I, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm sure you knocked it out of the park. Now, one of the, the, the characters you did not have scenes with, I believe, in, in your Seinfeld episode was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. I know, and I know you went on, and I, I know you did her one of her shows after Seinfeld, watching Ellie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just curious if, you know, obviously you had interaction with her on watching Ellie, but did you have any interaction with her on the Seinfeld set? I'm curious if you guys, uh, or if she remembered that. Just talking, you know, a craft service. Um, she was, uh, again, very friendly, really lovely person. Um, and yeah, year uh, uh, some years later, I guess, the, the watching Ellie thing came up. And and that was that that was a that was a really uh, she she was great and she was so easy to work with <clears throat> and they at one point they you know it's like sometimes you'll go in you'll you'll audition for something right you get the job for what you did in the room and then you go out on set and suddenly like everybody starts fucking with you or sorry um messing with you and and you and you start thinking like wait i if this was what you wanted, I don't know why you asked me here because I'm, I'm not feeling what you, you know, I can't quite get, and sometimes you can, sometimes somebody will say something to you and you're like, bingo. Yes. You're so right. And you adjust and you change. But um, that was one of those experiences where, yeah, I don't know. And and she came to me uh, like on the third day and she goes, you know, Brad and I had a conversation last night. We were talking about how freaking funny you were in that room and why are we messing with you? <laughs> I was like, because it's your job, but thank you. So they left me alone and it was a, a nice experience. Oh, that's great that they recognized it. Yeah, because uh, we, we hear that a lot with Seinfeld. The opposite, the part that you mentioned is is they they um they want you to do what you did in the room right for the audition that's what we've heard a lot about uh seinfeld and we've heard some some guest stars actually try and change and they're like no 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 do what you did in the room like they think maybe they have to do more because they get there or whatever and it's like no just stick yeah. with that so that's that's good i to mean hear including that. down to my clothes i wore all my own clothes on on <laughs> um, in that episode every single thing you see is is um from my wardrobe the, yeah it's they asked that, me to come in with with what i wore in in the room to the read through, which I did. And then when we were, you know, I was going to costumes. Um, I just brought a bunch of stuff because I thought it was appropriate. And the costume designer was like, I love all this. So she showed it to them and they were like, yes. good." It's so, it's so great to hear how easy that is. Right. There's not a lot of like micromanaging and stuff. It's just like, yeah, it looks great. We love it. Keep it like, go for it's it. It's rare. Know? Like, yeah. Let me yeah. tell you, because you, you go in now to, um, costume and you might you know encounter an ego where the person's like well you're taking my job or you're you know this is a threat um i i, I see you dressed this way it wasn't at all like that and i think that that comes from the top down in terms of like they're not gonna they're not gonna blame that casting that um a costumer for um 
if, if something comes on on set and they don't like it, they're just going to say, you know what, don't like it, change it. They're, she isn't going to be fired, right? And right. that, but on other shows, you could be. So, yeah, it could be unpleasant and weird. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 great. And and you mentioned you know, so you have your clothes, right? So you're, that means you're you're, you're kind of getting in the role, right? The character of, of who is this woman, and it's always great because Kramer does that whole like kind of gives the backstory of you to Jerry. When he's like, uh-huh. you know, she's a spinstress and all that stuff, you know, the whole right. that kind of spiel, right? Um, I'm wondering if, like, you know, you're, it's your first TV show. I mean, you have obviously experience with theater, and, and but were you at all trying to give yourself that backstory as the character when you were like, or did you have a different backstory in mind? Like, who is this this librarian who's like working late and you know is is thinking back on Tropic of Cancer? Like that whole just like it's just such a great character, just to how you it's it's like fully formed without a lot of words, right? You're doing a lot of just facial expressions with Kramer a lot and reading the book, you give a facial expression. And then, um, you know, when you, when you almost get caught in the, in Kramer's, um, apartment, you, yeah, it's all, it's a lot of just, you know, you're giving the audience a lot on this one, this one character. It's, it's really interesting. I'm just wondering, you know, what your thought, what your process was there. Um, I think that I thought she was, um, something like me actually, where I, I was, I was able to, um, kind of walk this line. I remember there was some, somebody had been cat. There was a couple of other people that were in the, in that episode who I can't remember why they were there. I don't, um, but they were in it anyway. The, the, the woman who was, who was one of the two people that I'm thinking of came to me on the second day and she goes, I totally see why they cast you. And I said, really? Why? And she goes, because you walk this weird line of being like, is she a babe or is she a spinster? <laughs> what is she? And that's, you know, that is me. That's the way I look probably. Like sometimes I, I might look pretty. The other times I might look not so pretty. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, so I thought that there were, and at that time there was a lot, I had a lot more quirkiness in my personality than I do now. I think I've grown out of some of that, um, but that fit the role pretty well. Yeah, that um, <clears throat> that scene with with Kramer, Kramer's apartment, it, it was kind of one of the, it was one of the steamiest scenes I would say in in Seinfeld history. Like you know, you know, I shouldn't be here, you know. And Kramer, you know, you should leave, and you, I can't, right? It was uh, you know, it was right on the edge there of uh, some passion. Yeah, was was um. If you recall, was there any scenes that didn't make the cut? Was it like? That you were like, or it was everything scripted like exact. I know that there's always things done in editing, but anything you wish kind of, you know, made the final result that didn't. Yeah, there was something about the last scene, and I really honestly can't remember. I think it got something. Some things got cut in that last scene, and I was disappointed by that because it it um it was just I thought some of the things that they cut were funny and, but they were you know it was time i mean that's that's what you do you go in and you just call you're referring you're referring to the the scene where you and kramer yelling hello hello in the in the library yes, at the lot the last scene right yeah yeah i mean and that's a great scene you, you we touch on um philip baker hall obviously with his scenes with jerry that are iconic but like yeah what do you remember like about being face to face with him in the, in that in that final scene I remember that we were all trying not to laugh because it, because it was funny and and um 
I guess I was looking sort of super scared of him and it just was sort of funny and we all thought it was funny. <laughs> um, so I remember, I remember that. I remember like trying to keep it together. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been so long. I, yeah. I, I just, it, and it was late, late, you know, we, we had let the audience go and you know, like I was there at two o'clock in the morning still. Um, so I was pretty weary and, um, we did, we did do the scene. We did everything in front of an audience. Right. But then, you know, you can't keep them forever. You can't keep them until two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, um, I think some of that was done without an audience, but I honestly can't remember. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, um, I kind of asked the question about how, how Larry David, what you can kind of see was the showrunner, right? He's the one mostly given, you know, it's him and Larry Charles. Um, I'm wondering if you have any, I know again, 30 years ago, but do you have any stories with Larry David? I mean, we've heard so many stories of him giving just, just a small note. He didn't give a lot, but when he did tell an actor and actress something, it was usually, you know, poignant. It was usually like he was actually, you know, giving the right direction, let's say, right. Or, or, you know, how to say the line or something to that effect. But um, I'm wondering if you had any, any kind of uh, memorable interactions with Larry at the time. No, he was very friendly. And um, honestly, no one was giving me any direction. They liked what I was doing and they, they, they left me alone. I mean, other than like stand over there, you know, move two feet. It, I wasn't getting a lot of that's happened to me in my career. Trust me, but on this one <laughs> job, it was it was like magic. It was so good. So he didn't have to tell me a lot of stuff, and he was just you know friendly and and you know, chatted and stuff. But yeah. So Ashley, you you were, were you you were born in South Africa? Is that true? <laughs> Obviously, you went to Wikipedia. <laughs> and we don't yes. always believe it, but yeah. Um, Wikipedia has it wrong. I should I should straighten that out. I I just think it's funny. I've never this... been to South Africa, much less was I born there. I was born. This is, in like, a, you know, this is like a, a running third... joke on our podcast. This episode was all the time. Really? <laughs> yes. Is yeah. Other times? Oh, yes, yeah. Of course. Like four or five times to us. Oh my gosh. Well, it's exotic, wrong. isn't it? I was born in South Africa. I, when I first read it, I was like, oh, yes, I was. But, you know, no, I'm Southern through and through. I was born in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, That's nice. Oh, Rocky wow. Mountain, North Carolina. I've stopped there a few times. It's a great city. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, city. all right. So Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, you're in Hollywood. I, I know you had the obviously the, the theater background and dance. But when did you have those? How did you know you had those kind of comedic juices, obviously, right, to be on some of these uh, some of the funniest shows of all time? Would love to just kind of at what age did you know you kind of had it or who inspired you and who told you that you, you could make it in this biz, essentially? I knew I knew I was funny growing up because people, you know, would laugh at me, laugh at the things I said. So I knew, I sensed that I had good comic timing. Um, but I will say, and this is horribly embarrassing, that. I only had, I went to a small private school in Rocky Mount and there was only two years that we had a drama teacher. And I mean, I graduated in a class of 18 people for high school as well as college. Isn't that weird? Um, but so there was two years that we had this drama teacher. And, and so I got to do some plays, which I had never gotten to do. Even though I wanted to be an actress, I was t telling everybody that. 
And everybody's like, why? I mean, what, what? And she was so, I can't remember her name now, but she was wonderfully helpful and so encouraging. And, you know, she, she was like, go for it, go try to get into North, to the North Carolina school of the arts. You're really talented. Um, and so she, she had a big influence on me. Um, Mrs. What's her name? <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, as Chris mentioned, you know your your career is 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 just you know speaks for itself. But I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up King of the Hill. I mean, Mike Judge is is is, is a genius. I love all his stuff, and um, yeah. you know, I know you're involved with Beavis and Butthead too with him. And uh, we've had a few um, a few guest stars from uh, Silicon Valley, which was his show as well. I mean, he's just you know done it all. I just just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of you know. Um, you know, working in that world, that animation world, you know, doing voiceover, working with 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 um, with Mike Judge and, and just, uh, you know, what was your takeaway, uh, you know, from that whole experience? I mean, King of the Hills, an iconic show, obviously. So that that must be uh, a nice. Um, uh, yeah, I won the lottery. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <clears throat> I didn't get um, you know, I, I tested for um, Brittany's role. It was between her and me and um, my my uh, manager called me. I told this on another podcast, but whatever. Um, my manager called me and said, you're the favorite. Uh, you're the favorite. You know, after I was like, yes. And then she called back a half an hour later. And she's like, you didn't get it. And I went, what happened to me being the favorite? And she goes, I guess you weren't the favorite of the, the studio. Cause it was like the network and studio, two different entities. And, um, and I honestly, I got off the phone. I laid down on my floor and I cried. I was just like, <laughs> no, and a few minutes later, the phone rang and she said, well, they, they must really like you because they've offered you this other part. And it's just, you know, it'll recur for sure. Do you want to do it? And I was, of course, of course I do. So it, it went from there. And I think the thing that people most want to know about is the word should and where, where that came from. And yes, it came from me. I, I said it in the first read through. I, I um, improv it and it was the um, accidental smartest move I ever made because it defined the character to the writers. And I saw it in the room. I saw like, it got a big laugh. I don't know why the word should is so funny, but, um, and they ran with it. You know, they just were like, got it. We know who she is. Um, so that, that helped me be on the show a lot more than possibly I would have been, I think. Wow, that that's a great story. And I, I always think about like the dynamic of a cartoon series versus, you know, something like a Seinfeld. Like, mm -hmm. and we just don't know. Like, how is it, the camaraderie? Are you there with, you know, Brittany, my old Mike Judge, all these guys at yeah. the same time, or are you kind of cutting things in different in different? Uh, no, the, no. The Simpsons, I think they all um, recorded separately. They didn't. We all recorded together. We were in the same room together. It, I mean, if you couldn't be there, you couldn't be there. If you were you know, out of town, you had another kind of a job. They were very flexible in that way. And you could call it in and do a temp track. But we, uh, you know, we had a, a, a Friday read through where we'd all show up at Fox, read through it. The writers would go away and then we'd get a script. Um, most of the time, especially in the early years at like eight o'clock in the morning, we had to be there in a couple of hours. Like they worked through the night. I'm not kidding you. We didn't even have time to look, you know, look at the script. And especially I didn't, cause I had twins, little teeny twins at that time. Um, 
so yeah, we we recorded together and um the yeah, the camaraderie is just when you are it, we we ran for 13 seasons, so that's a really long time to know people. That doesn't happen. That does not happen on any kind of a show. If you run for 10 years, it's a like hello, it's friends or whatever. This, you know, and we we weren't ready to go. We got unceremoniously canceled. Um so yeah, everybody, we were like a family, you know. So and hopefully it's coming back. <laughs> oh, that's great! Is that, is that in talks to have it come back? I didn't realize. Yeah, that. that that was in the um, I guess it was the Hollywood Reporter or something. That yeah, that he and Greg have formed um a production company and they want to bring King of the Hill back. Oh, that's awesome! Definitely. I don't know. I don't know in what. I don't know how that's what I'm really sure. curious about. Like, is it going to be back on Fox or is it going to be at a streaming thing? I'm not really sure about the details at all, but yeah, that, it's in the offing possibly. That's one of those shows you just, I don't know, King of the Hill, you're watching, you know, football on Fox and then King of the Hill comes on. It's like, you know, one of those things that's just always, always present. Yeah. And we'd be remiss. Another, um, there's always these Seinfeld connections, but you, you spend a little time on the George Carlin show. Mm-hmm. Another comedic genius, and I know mm-hmm. Mike Haggerty and Anthony Stark. They're they're both on our show. We lost Mike this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to hear if how that kind of experience was. And I don't know. Do people do do these old Seinfeld uh, guest stars talk about Seinfeld when they get together, or or no? Is that is that just wishful thinking by us? <laughs> yeah, I think that's wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been in the same room with somebody else that um, guest starred on on Seinfeld. I suppose if I was, we might talk about it. (laughs) I haven't had that experience yet. But George Uh, Carlin was a lovely, lovely man. Um, Really sweet um, and welcoming. And I didn't like what I did on that show. It was a it was a bizarre like. I was supposed to be playing the mother of this guy who was older than me. And the joke was that I looked younger than him, but it didn't read. It just didn't like at the end, like the audience, it was obvious that I was actually way younger than him. It did. It didn't, it should have been somebody who was older, who had had more plastic surgery, but looked, or not, I've not had any plastic surgery, had plastic surgery and looked sort of, younger but odd but so anyway i i i enjoyed my experience and i was disappointed with what i did well yeah i mean sometimes things don't you know as long as i think per, like personally if you enjoy your experience that's that's usually mm-hmm. it's better than if it's the other way around right if you sure. liked your part but didn't have a as good a time maybe um just getting back to sci-fi for a second it's kind of around what you were just talking about i mean you work with george carl you work with gary shanley you're working with um you know mike judge like we mentioned you know these are these are some iconic names in comedy um and then there's jerry right so we did touch on larry but i'm curious with jerry um you know outside of his acting um early on you know this is again early season three did you notice anything um any interactions with him um producing wise or show running wise or writing wise where he was kind of 
Um, we've heard his, his presence on set was, was kind of a calming one and welcoming, um, mm-hmm. you know, any interactions with him outside of, of maybe the scenes that, that were actually being acted just as far as like, um, sometimes we've heard he, he gives advice or he might do a chit chat where you kind of take something away or anything like that with, with Jerry. He was, um, you know, he was somebody that you could joke around with. Um, and, you know, he didn't feel like, oh, he's the top dog, honestly, even though it was his show, uh, Seinfeld, right? He didn't throw that kind of muscle around. He just, just not like that. And I remember when we were um, in the first scene, um, when they come into the library, we were blocking, we were camera blocking. And um, I think it was the night, it, it was, it was show night for sure. We were, we were doing some stuff to get ready for it. And um, they called, you know, they said, Oh, break, we got to do something. And so the three of us were just like standing around at the counter and, and he asked me a question and I was like, well, I don't know, peanut, what do you think? And he goes, no one's ever called me peanut before. <laughs> he was just, <laughs> he, he didn't, you know, some people might've been like peanut. Why are you calling? What are you calling me peanut for? Um, he was, you know, kind of like down to joke around. That's great. Um, <laughs> Ashley, b- before we let you go, what, so what are you up to these days? What can you, I, I know hopefully uh, King of the Hill comes back, but any other projects you're, yeah. Any other projects uh, you're excited about? Um, I've been doing Beavis and Butthead and that's been really fun. And, um, you know, great. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome that that's coming it's, back it's to very, you. It's funny. You know, it's like I laugh. I, I just, I read the scripts and I'm like, this is so funny. Um, and we grew up on the original. It's a, that's the yeah, classic. I know you must have, right. Oh my gosh. You guys are, are probably what in your thirties. Um, Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> 40. Oh, yeah. well, you look good. You look good for 40. Um, and more importantly, Ashley, uh, what's your take on the Dewey decimal system? It's <laughs> so funny that you bring that up because um, when I was visiting my daughter at Pratt, uh, we went into the library <clears throat> area. It was this beautiful floor to ceiling books everywhere. Just, and I walked in and I turned and looked at my husband and I was like, I don't remember anything about the Dewey Decimal System. Do you? And he was like, no, but that reminds me of that episode that you were in where you were talking about the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I, bring, well, I, I bring it up a lot. I got a, I got a master's degree in library science. I bring it up in our podcast all the time. Maybe you so. can explain Dewey Decimal well, Systems. Re explain it. <laughs> Kramer was right. Put it that way. Dewey was a, was a, was a real, um, he wasn't a very nice guy, Dewey. He was a scam artist. That's the bottom line. Kramer was right. He, he, um, the whole thing was a sham. He, uh, Kramer was 100% right. Good to Trust know. Me. But, uh, yeah, let's be honest. In America, in America, we don't go in a library these days without thinking about you. So thank you so much for, for that role. It was a classic, memorable, and, uh, you know, we still obviously enjoy it to this day. So thank you so much for your time tonight, Ashley. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This was great. Okay. Bye.